Welcome to the Fertile Womb Podcast. My name is Holly, and I'm the owner of Rosebud Wellness, which is a women's holistic health practice in Southern California. In my practice, I use acupuncture, yoni steaming, abdominal massage, and the fertility awareness method to support women on their conception journey. In this podcast, I will be sharing about some of the practices and tools that I use in my practice, and also will be interviewing women about their own personal fertility journey, as well as other professionals in the fertility space. Thanks so much for listening. Please enjoy. If you are actively trying to conceive right now, or will be sometime within the next couple of years, then I have a very exciting offering for you. My Conscious Conception with Fertility Awareness Self-Study course is a one-stop shop for everything that you need to know about learning the fertility awareness method and optimizing your chances of conception by optimizing your menstrual cycle. So we start off with talking about the female reproductive cycle. I introduce you to the fertility awareness method. We go through assessing your menstrual cycle for understanding how it relates to your overall health and well-being, as well as your fertility. We go through preparing your body for pregnancy, so that includes coming off of hormonal birth control, if that's ever been part of something that you have used in the past. And we go through preconception nutrition considerations, so the things that you are really going to want to consider having in your diet before pregnancy, so the three to six months or so prior to pregnancy. And then we do a deep dive in all of the aspects of the fertility awareness method. So that includes basal body temperature, cervical mucus, cervical position. And then we bring it all together with being able to accurately assess when you are ovulating using the cross-check method, which is basically just comparing cervical mucus with basal body temperature to confirm that you have for sure ovulated and when that occurred. And then we bring everything together even more so by getting it all onto a chart. So I provide you with a very, very detailed paper basal body temperature chart, if that is what you want to use. And it is set up completely for the way that I teach the method. So everything is very straightforward, how to fill it out if you decide to use the paper. If you decide to use an app, I also make a specific app recommendation and provide you with a template to use so that it is set up exactly in the system that I teach from. Then we talk about improving sperm quality, egg quality, how to time sex accurately in order to optimize your chances of conception, how to use cervical mucus, how to confirm ovulation with cervical mucus and BBT, and how to potentially use OPKs, which are also called LH strips, and when they can sometimes be not so helpful and make things a lot more confusing. And then I go through talking about holistic fertility enhancement. So that includes things like acupuncture, Chinese herbal medicine, Arvigo abdominal massage, and yoni steaming. So I provide you with some information on all of those, as well as ways to find providers in your area if you are not somebody that is local to me. Then we go through talking about postpartum charting. There are two separate phases when it comes to postpartum charting. And I like to teach this right away because once you achieve pregnancy, it you can always go back to this course and revisit the postpartum modules and lessons to make sure that you are charting accurately and potentially never going back on birth control again because there is also a lesson about preventing pregnancy with the fertility awareness method. And then I also provide you with a few additional resources, reading materials, and things like that. And then in addition to all the course, 
The course also includes one 90-minute one-on-one session with me. So you can use that at the beginning when you, if you want me to just kind of explain them some things right off the bat, or you can use it somewhere in the middle once you kind of understand a few things, but you just have a few questions, or you can completely go through the course. And once you have a full chart of your own, if you want some help interpreting it and analyzing it and making some specific targeted recommendations for you. That is kind of the purpose of the session. You can use it however you desire. And then the other part, the really exciting part that I have just added in recently is that also included with every purchase of the course, you are automatically invited to my question and answer session that happens monthly. And so you will be enrolled in that for the six months. So from whenever you enroll in the course for the six months after that time, you will be automatically enrolled in coming to my question and answer session. And you can send me your charts, ask me any questions that you have, whether it's personal or about just general fertility awareness method tracking and charting. So I'm really excited about all of these shifts and changes, and I have provided the link to learn more about the course as well as sign up if you are wanting to do that in the show notes of this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Fertile Womb Podcast. I will be doing a solo episode today, and you will probably be hearing a little bit more from me Uh, in the podcast these days, I'm going to be trying to do more solo episodes and just sharing information with all of you rather than doing so many interview uh, episodes. And the reason for that is partially because I'm feeling a lot more comfortable in sharing just by myself and understanding that I actually have a lot more to share than I thought I did. And I'm finding, or I was finding that with the interview podcast, I was sort of hiding behind the interview and just thinking, okay, nobody's going to care about what I have to say on my own. And I felt a little frustrated at times. Like, I don't want to, you know, take over the whole interview. I don't want to talk the whole time, but I had so many things that I wanted to share and say, especially when it comes to optimizing your fertility. So, I mean, it's my podcast, so I can certainly share about the things that I think are important for the women that I am wanting to serve. So that is all of you. And especially if you are wanting to conceive, if you're actively trying to conceive right now, then I think it's important to have as much information about how to do that um, as soon as possible. So that is my vision for why I am sharing um, in a solo format a little bit more, or I will be doing that. So in this episode, I'm going to be sharing about cervical mucus, which there is so much that I can say, and it's a little bit hard to be concise when I'm sharing about cervical mucus, because you kind of can't understand each part of it without understanding the context of the full picture of the person. Um, So I really love one-on-one work for that reason, because I can really explain to that person what's happening in their system as it relates to all of this stuff, which is really important. It's a little bit harder to describe all of this stuff on a larger scale, Uh, but there are some similarities for all women that cervical mucus has the same sort of functions for everybody. And the issues with cervical mucus would indicate potentially similar things from woman to woman. So we can understand some things outside of the context as well. 
So first I'm going to be sharing about the functions, the main functions of cervical mucus and why it's so important for conception purposes. So one, the first function of cervical mucus is to facilitate transport of sperm into the cervix. And the reason that this is important is because if sperm can't get inside of your body, then there is no way that fertilization, implantation, and pregnancy are possible. So that's the first part. So if there is no cervical mucus to speak of, then that would be a problem for that process. The next part is that it helps to keep sperm alive inside of your body for up to five days. And the reason that that is important is because we don't necessarily need to pinpoint ovulation day itself in order to achieve pregnancy, which is something that I think a lot of women are confused about. So many women are using OPKs or LH strips, and what those are testing for is luteinizing hormone, so specifically testing for the luteinizing hormone surge, which happens 24 to 36 hours prior to ovulation most of the time. Some of the time it does not result in ovulation. And the only way that you would know for sure that you ovulated is if you were also tracking your cervical mucus and your basal body temperature. So that is really important that sometimes women are frustrated with like, I'm getting these positives. I'm having sex at the right time. I'm having sex on ovulation day. Why am I not getting pregnant? So that's a loaded question. And it would depend on the person, what my assessment of that would be. But some of the time it's that women are trying so hard to identify ovulation day itself, that they're missing a lot of other days that are fertile, that are within their fertile window. So maybe they're only having sex one time in their entire fertile window, and that really limits your ability to achieve pregnancy. So the reason that cervical mucus can keep sperm alive inside of your body for five days is because cervical mucus is alkaline. So normally the vagina in its natural state, when there is no cervical mucus present, it is acidic. And sperm is also alkaline. So if you have sex, if you have unprotected sex outside of your fertile window, sperm will die because it will go into an acidic environment. It's alkaline. It will die. That's part of why you can use this method for pregnancy prevention as well, because you, once you know when you're fertile and when you're not, you know that sperm would be killed by your acidic vagina if you are not producing cervical mucus. So that's why it's really important to be identifying how much and what type of cervical mucus your body is producing. And then there are also methods. So part of the work that I do is in helping women to identify their fertile window, identify the different types of cervical mucus and teach them about all of those things. And the other part of it is looking at what's showing up in their chart and then making recommendations, whether it's diet, supplements, lifestyle, Chinese herbs. If they're local to me, we do abdominal massage, acupuncture, yoni steaming. If they're not, then I recommend other practitioners in their area. So there are so many ways to work with less than optimal cervical mucus. So it's not that we're just kind of looking for it and dealing with whatever we have. Then we're also working to improve that as well. And there are a lot of other things that can affect cervical mucus production. So that's why I say it's kind of like a loaded 
topic that there are a lot of factors to consider. It also helps to filter out defective sperm. So especially nowadays in our very, unfortunately, toxic environments, and especially with so much, so many xenoestrogen products like plastics and cleaning products and body care products, men are being exposed to a lot of toxins, much more than they were in previous generations. And as a result, sperm quality is declining rapidly. And one of the things that happens is that there are more sperm defects. So there can be two heads, two tails, no head, no tail, a variety of other abnormalities in the sperm. So we're in looking at sperm quality, we're looking at the total count, the motility and the morphology. And so it's really important that you have some sort of protective mechanism that none of these defective sperm are going to be fertilizing an egg. And then that would result in an abnormal embryo. And so most of the time, what happens with an abnormal embryo is that then you have a miscarriage. But anytime you have a miscarriage, I mean, outside of the physical issues of that, it's also a very, very, I have not personally experienced a miscarriage, but I know that it can be a very emotional, difficult experience and it's very depleting for your system. And then it also, you know, goes into your subsequent pregnancies, a lot more fear and trauma and all of that. And so if we can avoid a miscarriage, that is always um, sort of the preferred option. So if we can optimize cervical mucus parameters, then we are more likely to have only normal sperm that are fertilizing the egg, and that would be more likely to result in a normal, healthy embryo and baby. So those are the three main functions. So now we're going to be talking about what's optimal for cervical mucus production. So ideally you have somewhere between two to seven days of cervical mucus production prior to ovulation. And so it is problematic to have limited cervical mucus, but it could also be problematic to have sort of, I, I don't, I hesitate to say too much cervical mucus because usually what happens is that maybe there's more days of cervical mucus production, for example, but they're, they're not really healthy looking days. So I, I hope that makes sense. So I'll describe a cycle that I just had. Um, so I've been going through a lot of stress. I'm going through a divorce and I had a mediation and a court hearing. It was one of the most stressful experiences I've had in my entire life. Just being in that process is, is really new to me and was really scary. And because of that, it really delayed my ovulation. I ovulated on day 25. And what I noticed is that I started producing cervical mucus earlier on in my cycle, but then it just kept going for, I think it was like 10 or 11 days, which, so that's more than the seven days that would be considered optimal. And so what was happening, I think, is that my estrogen was just struggling to get high enough to produce the really healthy, fertile quality cervical mucus. So it was just kind of like dripping out a little bit. And this can also happen in PCOS, for example, where women's bodies are trying and trying and trying to ovulate. So cervical mucus will come and go. So there will be 
you know, it could be a continuous mucus situation where there's mucus really every day, or it could be pockets of mucus where there will be some fertile quality cervical mucus, then it will stop and it will start again. And eventually you will ovulate, but that's an indication that there, there's a problem. So two to seven days really is optimal. And you can have a combination of what we call non-peak and peak quality cervical mucus. So typically after your period ends, you'll have some amount of dry days where you don't have any cervical mucus at all. Then you will either enter into having non-peak cervical mucus, which is more like white hand lotion, sort of more like creamy texture. And then eventually at some point, ideally you will have what we call peak quality cervical mucus. So if you've been in the fertility space for any length of time, then you've probably heard of egg white cervical mucus. So that is peak quality cervical mucus. So it's clear, stretchy, and or lubricative. So as you wipe, you may notice a lubricative sensation. It's sort of like as if you put lube on your vulva, that's as you wipe, it sort of feels like you have lube there. Um, and then it will be clear in color, and then it will also stretch substantially between your fingers. So when we're collecting cervical mucus, I always recommend that women use an external wiping method. So that means that you take toilet paper and wipe it from front to back over your vulva, and you are feeling the sensation as you wipe the toilet paper across your vulva. Then you are also taking anything that you find on the toilet paper off and you're picking it up with your fingers and stretching it between your fingers, observing the color and how much it stretches. So we have a an extensive chart for making sure that women are identifying their cervical mucus accurately. And the reason sometimes I wonder, does it really matter? Do we really have to be this precise about identifying cervical mucus. And I, I think that women can and do get pregnant with not really understanding their cervical mucus fully, but I do think it really limits us and there is so much more information out there. So why not learn about it? I think it's really from a body literacy perspective, being a lot clearer about the different types of um, I was going to call it discharge, but the different types of things that can come out of your vagina. So you can identify if maybe there's a cervical dysplasia issue going on. Maybe there's an infection that you don't have any symptoms of, but it's just showing up in your mucus. Um, maybe you're having some nutrient depletion. Maybe there's a, um, hydration issue. Maybe there's, you know, something else going on. Maybe you're not getting enough protein, all of these things can be identified if you are tracking and charting your cervical mucus in a really specific way. And specifically for fertility purposes, identifying the different types of mucus are really, really important for knowing what's going on with your fertility. And then we're always comparing that also in the fertility awareness method with basal body temperature and potentially cervical position as well. So we're not, it's not like we're basing everything on cervical mucus, but there are mucus only methods. So there really is a lot that you can determine from cervical mucus. So I'm going to leave it there. There's so much more that I could say about cervical mucus and conception, but I just wanted this episode to purely be the functions of cervical mucus, the different types of cervical mucus, and knowing that when you see cervical mucus, in your pre-ovulatory phase, prior to ovulation, that's a good day to have sex. 
So if you are feeling up for sex and your partner's feeling up for sex and you are together and you are wanting to conceive, if you have cervical mucus and you have not already ovulated, go ahead and have sex if you're seeing cervical mucus. And then I optimally, you would also be prioritizing sex on the days that you see this clear, stretchy and or lubricative type of cervical mucus. And if you are the type of person that thinks that you don't have any cervical mucus, maybe you're right, or maybe you have not been properly taught how to check for it. And if you are somebody that thinks that you have mucus all the time, maybe that's true. And maybe you haven't been taught how to accurately track and chart your cervical mucus. So I have heard both of those things very, very often in my client work that women think they have mucus all the time, or they think they don't have any at all. And sometimes they're right. And those are both issues. So those would be things that we would work on. And then other times they're, they were just not checking for it correctly. And that's fine too. Then I teach them how to do that. And we work from there. So hopefully this was helpful and definitely shoot me a message on Instagram or email me if you have any questions. I also offer free fertility planning sessions. So they're 30 minute sessions where you can kind of just pick my brain about the fertility awareness method and the other treatment modalities that I offer, especially if you're local to the Ventura County um, or Los Angeles area. If you want to come in person, you are always welcome. I have a beautiful retreat type space in Ohio, California. So you are always welcome to come and visit me in person, but I do a lot of stuff virtually too. Um, and of course there's the podcast. So don't forget to uh, subscribe to the podcast. So you will be notified of future episodes as they're released and also follow me on Instagram at rosebud underscore wellness. Hit me with your questions. I love talking about cervical mucus and would love to answer your questions about it. All right. Till next time. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with somebody that you think might benefit from hearing some of the information that was shared here today. If you're interested in finding more about me, you can find me on my website at rosebudwellness.com, on Instagram at rosebud underscore wellness, or on Facebook at the Rosebud Wellness community. Also, if you're feeling called to leave a, a rating or writing a review, that would be amazing. It really helps to get the podcast out to more listeners. Thanks so much for listening and until next time.